I'm going to begin by reading this passage of scripture from John chapter 15. And as you can see, there's text in white and text in yellow. When we get to the yellow text, I want to invite you to read that along with me. I'm going to read it out loud. But I'll read the white part, and there will be three slides. So every time we get to yellow text, we'll be reading that together. This comes from John 15, verses 1 through 12. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Reading together. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me, and I in them, bear much fruit. Because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is a powerful passage for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that I love about the way John writes is that it's not necessarily straightforward. John has a very poetic style. So as we're reading the Gospel of John, or the letter to John later in the New Testament, we kind of see this interesting musical way that he uses words. You might have noticed it as he was sort of ebbing and flowing back and forth across different themes, talking about commandments, talking about love, talking about abiding. This is John's style. But Jesus, John is writing about Jesus' teaching. Jesus is using this wonderful imagery and metaphor of plants and their branches to describe our relationship with God. So, very, very clearly in the text, and very clearly from all we know of modern botany, the study of plants, the branches of a plant can't survive apart from the trunk or the vine. Right? So you see my image of a tree here. There are branches shooting off in different directions, creating leaves to gather sunlight, one of the most important things a plant needs. But if a branch breaks off from the trunk, or a smaller twig off of a bigger branch, it loses its connection to life. It loses its connection to the sustenance that the roots draw up from the soil. Right? So in my image here, you also have this wonderful picture of the roots going deep into the soil. Drawing up water, drawing up all the things the plant needs to survive, to live, and to go beyond that to bear fruit. So this is the imagery, this is the metaphor Jesus is using 
one of many actually, to talk about what it looks like for us to be in connected relationship with God. We are the branches. You're, you're a stick. <laughs> you are connected to the rooted vine. That rooted vine is Jesus. The rooted vine is the Trinity. It's God. That's who God is. We are connected to God. We need God. Very simply, the metaphor is saying, we need to be connected in order to have true, whole, vibrant, fruitful life. That's what's at the heart of this metaphor. Now, one of the things I love about John is not only his poetic style and how the way he weaves words together, but John does a lot of something that I find fascinating in the Bible. He uses repetition. And this is one of the most important things that I can tell you, uh, as someone who's studied a lot of scripture, to tell you how to study it yourself. When you're reading any passage of the Bible, and you see a word, or a phrase, or an idea repeated a lot in a short amount of time, it's like a big exclamation point. Ding, 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 look here. Because in the Old Testament in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek, they had no punctuation. No periods, no exclamation points, no question marks, no quotation marks, none of it, right? When we're writing, we're used to using that, right? We know where the sentence ends because someone put a period there. We know where someone's talking because someone put quotation marks there. But those don't exist in the language John originally wrote this book of the Bible. So in order to get our attention, as an author, he's got to do something different. Instead of putting an exclamation point at the end, he repeats words. And sometimes we read passages like we just read, and we think, oh my goodness, John, you, you spent 12 verses saying something that could have been said too. Why did he go back and forth all around the place? What well, was on purpose? John is doing this for fun to make us have to read a longer passage. John is trying to teach us something very important, and he's using the one tool he has, repetition. When you see a word, a phrase, a concept, an image repeated a lot in a short amount of time, in this case, in 12 verses, we get the word abide 11 times. 11 times. That's a lot of repetition. So if we're paying attention to that, we can say, oh, well, I think, I think John's main point is abiding. He really wants us to get this, what this word means, to abide in Jesus, to abide in God. Well, the question is, what is it, what does it mean to abide? Well, this is the dictionary definition of the word abide. Number one, to remain, continue, or stay, or to have one's abode, dwelling, or to reside somewhere. Okay? Basically, it's where you live. You abide in a place. You are in a place. You live there. You remain there. You stay there. That's what it means to abide. Well, then the next question we have to ask is, well, what does it mean to abide in God? How do we do that? Is there something we're supposed to do to be able to do what John is calling us to do? Ultimately, to abide in God means to spend time with God. Intentionally. To choose, to carve out space and time to be with God. 
Think about every relationship in your life that matters. Spouses, children, cousins, co-workers, neighbors, or even all these relationships in your life. The deeper the relationship, the more time we spend with them, right? We eat together. We talk together. We pray together. We celebrate together. We do trips together. Those are all components of every relationship and different levels of relationship. So we have relationships. They require time. Our relationship with God is no different. We need to spend time with God. Some of you might be saying, well, isn't he everywhere? So basically I'm spending time with him all the time, right? Kind of yes and kind of no. The kind of no is that sometimes we are not present or awake to the fact that we're with God everywhere. Right? We forget that. We get busy, we get caught up in activities and all the things we're doing. And sometimes we forget to be intentionally listening to God. I think that's at the heart of what John is trying to say. Don't fall asleep, he's saying. Be awake. Abide in God. Be aware of God. Be connected to God. And there are so many different ways we can do this. So, we are called to be the branches. And how do we do that? How do we abide? Well, I have a short list of suggestions and invitations for you. There are a number of different ways that we can practice being present to God and spending time with God. And my list is not even a whole conclusive, like exhaustive list. There are so many other ways that I couldn't fit on the one slide. But I want to walk through these in particular to give you an invitation to consider one of these this week. First, prayer. Many of us are familiar with prayer. We just spend time praying together like here in the service. Sometimes, though, I think we get caught in the trap of thinking that prayer is all only us talking to God, and we forget that it's also listening to God. Prayer is dialogue. If you're doing all the talking, the person you're in a relationship with doesn't get a chance to connect with you from their perspective, right? That happens in human relationships. we got to be listening there as well as talking. Same thing is true of the vertical relationship with God. We talk. We tell God what we need. We bring God our desires and our frustrations and our, our needs. All those we can bring to God. And He welcomes that. And God also invites us to listen for His response. Listen for His voice. So that's another component of prayer. And that is part of what it means to abide. Scripture is a beautiful connection point for us to God. I like to refer to the Bible as divine voice recognition software. So if you're familiar with voice recognition software, it's the computer programming in all those devices we carry around that recognizes our voice. In my house, I have an Echo device from Amazon, and I can say the word Alexa, and my device wakes up, and I can say, play this song, or tell me the weather today, or tell me the news, right? And it will speak back, and it recognizes my voice. That's got voice recognition software. The Bible works the same way in the sense that if we're listening for God's voice in the text, we start to hear God's voice everywhere else. Particularly if we're listening for Jesus' voice in the text. Like in this passage we're reading in John 15. We're hearing the words of Jesus. As we listen to that voice, we're going to hear God speaking everywhere. So scripture is very important. Contemplation. What is contemplation? 
Put simply, contemplation is a spiritual practice of noticing things around you. It could be beauty, truth, love. When you notice these things, not just sort of in passing and fly by your eyes, but you take the time to reflect on them in a beautiful piece of art, in a song, in a conversation with somebody. You recognize love, truth, beauty. When you see these things and you notice them, it's a connection point to God. Creativity. When we exercise our ability to be creative through art, music, poetry, photography, you name it, whatever way we exercise creativity is a way in which we echo the creativity of God and we get close to God because God is the creator. Service and generosity. When we give of our time, talents, money, resources, energy to bless another person, God will speak to us in those experiences if we're listening. Sometimes God says, I'm inviting you to give of your time, resources, energy, and, and, and all that. But other times, it's in the actual giving that we hear God speak. God teaches us something in the gift that we give. Music and worship. One of the things we've been doing this afternoon together, singing together. It's a beautiful way to connect with God, to abide in God. And community, when we get together and we eat food and we celebrate and we talk and connect and show each other love and respect, that's a beautiful way to abide in God. Because God works in community, not just for us as individuals. So my invitation for you is to consider my short list of ways to abide in God and think about a way in which you can be intentional this week. As I was explaining them, maybe one of these stood out to you. Maybe you jumped out and said, no, I've never thought about creativity as a way to abide in God. Or music and worship. I can, I can sing on my own at home. I can write my own song. Or prayer is silence and listening to God's voice. Whatever of these stand out to you, I invite you to think about making intentional steps to abide with God this week. Something really unique and powerful happens when we are intentional to abide with God. We carve out space and time and we say, God, I'm going to spend time with you today, and I want to hear you speak. God does something in us that we can't even measure when we spend time with Him. It's just like relationships. You know that your relationship is going deep when you talk to one another and you listen to one another. You show love to one another. The same thing happens in our relationship with God. So I hope and pray that these different invitations uh, spark in you an opportunity to try it out this week, especially if there's one on the list you haven't done before. I really encourage you to try that. But otherwise, you may find that one of these is already a key, a key part of your relationship with God, and that's great. Keep going. Don't stop. But I wanted to give us an invitation and opportunity to consider them all. So I want to pray before we continue, uh, so I invite you to join me in prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your faithfulness and your grace. We thank you for your disciple John, who wrote Jesus' words in John 15. This wonderful imagery of a vine growing up out of rich soil, and out of that vine growing these beautiful branches and shoots, that's you and me, that's us, we're connected to you, God. Without our connection to you, we have no life. We need you. 
You are the source of life and sustenance. You, you give us the opportunity to have fruit, to share with the world. So we pray, Lord, that you would keep us deeply connected, help us to abide in you, so that we can bear that fruit. Fruit we can give away. Beautiful, tasty fruit that's life-giving to other people. Born of your love for us, Jesus. We thank you so much for this text, for all that you teach us. I pray your blessing on my brothers and sisters and myself this week as we continue to reflect on John 15. Speak to us. Give us opportunities to hear your voice as we take some of or one of these invitations to abide in your presence. We thank you for this, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.